HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Visit Ithaca. Ithaca, New York boasts an authentic craft beverage experience, tasty farm-to-table culinary adventures, and scenic outdoor recreation among 150 waterfalls. Plan your trip today with help from visitithaca.com. This is Jimmy Carboni, the host of Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I've been a part of the HRN community for 10 years. After all that time, I'm constantly inspired by the incredible voices of our network. Each week, I record my show in the HRN studio because I'm excited to bring you, our listeners, the most important stories from the world of beer, food, cider, and more. All of us here at HRN make food radio because we love it. This year, HRN is celebrating its 10th anniversary, but we need your support to keep food radio going strong for the next decade. Join the HRN community today by becoming a member. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate right now. You can even show some love from my show by selecting Beer Sessions in the designation drop-down menu. Thanks for listening to HRN. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey guys, I'm Jimmy Carboni. I'm the host here at Beer Sessions Radio. Today is Tuesday, June, July 9th, 2019. Guys, I'm losing track, and I'll tell you why I'm losing track. It's been like 10 years since we started the show, and uh, even before that, back in, in 2009, uh, a bunch of beer bar owners got together and created this thing called the Good Beer Seal, and we're kind of honoring that today, bringing it back. Um, you know, it's really important, the, the, the presence of independent craft beer bars and independent retailers is a really important part of the revival of craft beer and just good hospitality in the city. And um, we're going to talk more about that because we used to talk about it a lot. There's, there's so many great uh, breweries with, with tap rooms in the city, but it's, there's nothing like you know an independently owned beer bar or just a, a good bar or a little restaurant. And, and I really believe in that stuff. So check out goodbrewsteel.com. Next week at the New York City Brewers Choice event, uh, we'll be celebrating with a number of the Good Brewers Seal All-Stars, some of the bars that have uh, received it over the years, and a, and a bunch of new ones, including uh, Beer Wax, which is in uh, Prospect Heights, Brooklyn. And uh, one of our long, long-standing member bars is uh, the Bronx Beer Hall. So, guys, introduce yourself. We've got a couple of the, the Good Brewers Seal bar representatives here. 
How you doing, Jimmy? It's an honor to be here again. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. Uh, Chris Maestro, the founder and proprietor of Beer Wax in Prospect Heights, Brooklyn. It's great. It's really having you on, great having you on again, Chris. Uh, my name is Andreina. Hello, everyone of the podcast world. <laughs> <laughs> I work at the Bronx Beer Hall. I'm the buyer and the GM. I do it all. So bringing, bringing everything back up to date. So back in, tw- in 2009, there are these old school independent beer bars like Blind Tiger, Spite and Dive, Jimmy's Number 43, and a number of others. And it was like the beer bar thing was just really starting. The whole craft beer revolution was happening. But now since 2014, you know, with, with the big change in New York State, um, you know, craft brewery licenses, there's a lot of tap rooms in the city. And it seems like more and more the, the focus is for tourists and, and other customers to go to breweries. And drink, but you guys have unique places. So I want to talk a little bit about each of your place and what's special about it. Um, so Chris, let's start with Beerwax. Little backstory: you've got Definitely. Japanese inspiration. Yep. You're and, quite a unique spot. And to start us off, uh, a lot of folks come to the bar and ask. Well, you know, we understand the beer, B-I-E-R. We spell it the German way, but they don't really understand what the wax part is, unless you understand vinyl and our record head. Uh, Wax really has been terminology for, for records. So that's, it's just a very simple way of combining uh, in a name the two things that I really love most. Um, so it's really been a long uh, journey for me. I've been a record collector since I was 19. Uh, my first, the first record that I bought with my own money was a West Montgomery and Horace Silver record um, up in college. I didn't even have a record player yet. But I figured it was $3 a record. It was like a good investment. So I bought these records. Uh, many years later, I got into craft beer. I wasn't drinking beer in college yet, surprisingly. Uh, hello, sir. And, and Joel, just introduce yourself. Just walked in. What's up, guys? How are you, sir? So Joel Suarez. Joel Suarez from the Sampler Uptown Beer Society. All right. We just gave a little intro about the Good Brazil bars and... Uh, Chris has just given us a little intro about what's unique about his spot. So from the records, uh, eventually I became a, a DJ. And once you're a DJ, the goal is to try to acquire as many records as, as you can. So I just amassed uh, a rather large collection over the years. And now, we, now it's about 6,000 to 7,000 records, uh, not just up on the main floor of Beer Wax, but also in the basement. And now we've actually I've taken over the upstairs of Beer Wax, so we're going to have a, a record shop upstairs um, in my, in the uh, beer, well, basically it's my apartment upstairs. Let's call it my apartment. Um, but we're going to have regular office hours for, you know, to buy records upstairs. So, um, but then I was on a trip to, to Hong Kong. So I know we're going to get to Japan soon, um, but I want to just ch- touch on Hong Kong for a second um, because that was the first time that I had a beer that was, that really struck me in a way um, that really changed my life. Um, it was semi-Klaus. Um, so it was a friend took me to a cigar lounge and felt that a good pairing with the cigar this was... This a number of years ago. number of years. This Way is back. 2004. Um, at the time, semi-Klaus was known as the, the strongest beer in the world. And it was on the label that said that. It was like 14.5 ABV. Um, but I had two, and I was pretty much halfway drunk. So it was a big revelation for me to have two 12-ounce bottles when I was used to drinking Heineken's and Corona's. And be semi twisted, uh, but beyond that, it was it was the flavor of that beer. Having a Doppelbach for the first time, and having something that was much more you know flavor forward than than a lot of the beers I had been drinking was was just like set off you know a real 
uh, an idea in my head. Um, and the idea at that point was I've got to come back to the city and try to find beer that tastes like this. So I was trying to find Semi Klaus. I was trying to find other beers that were similar. So I was, you know, let me down a rabbit hole of trying a lot of Belgians. Um, and there weren't that many beer bars around at that time. Um, Blind Tiger was around, but there were only a few. So it was hard to find beers that were that were different, that were flavorful. And then fast forward though. So your inspiration is is Japanese places. Yep. So what what are the Japanese bars that inspired you? You said there's places with records. Give us a little of that yeah. flavor. So I, I had this idea of trying to combine my passions. And a friend of mine said, well, actually, there's a place like this that exists already in, in Tokyo. I said, what? And he took out his phone and showed me on Instagram, like, yeah, this, here's a picture. And I was like, holy shit. This is <laughs> exactly from my dream. Uh, and it exists already, which is a beautiful thing. But then at that point, that became the inspiration because I, I had kind of a language and an image for what I wanted to build uh, in New York City. Um, and it really is modeled after what's known as jazukisas or jazz cafes in, uh, in Tokyo or throughout Japan. Um, and there essentially are, are bars or cafes that have very large collections of vinyl. And the owners or whoever works there will just play uh, typically jazz records uh, from the collection. And, and at that point, I said, this is exactly when I want to start in, in New York City. Yeah, well, welcome to the Good Beer Seal, man. Thank you. You've got a special place. I know that when people say I'm going to Prospect Heights, what's the exact address of your spot? 556 Vanderbilt Avenue in Prospect Heights. Great. And Andreina, so yes. Bronx Beer Hall, Paul and uh, Anthony, they, they, they've been in the Good Beer Seal for a number of years. Yeah, real, I remember when we got it. Yeah. I was like, what is this? You guys he was were like, the it's Bronx the Good Beer Outpost. Seal. And I was like, oh, great. That has to be good. <laughs> Well, we're expecting a lot more yeah. from you guys. That's what, what we're trying to do this year. But just tell us about your role. I mean, so you, you, one thing great about independent small businesses is that you were a bartender. And next thing you know, what you, you created your own job. Yeah, I became a buyer. Um, I was actually kind of a regular there. It was hard to find it because it's in the Arthur Avenue retail market. There's no awning. But I like that because it's like, if you know, you know. Um, and so I went in there. I needed a job. And they hired me. And after some time, I was like, can you just like let me buy stuff because I drink beer all the time and I go out and I go to all these events and like I was really on the pulse so I was just bothering them like just let me do this let me do this please just let me buy beer like I promise like I will curate the most amazing top list always um, and now I am four years later here I am you know I'm still doing that I'm running it basically it's really nice um, you know it, it, I feel like whenever I put on an event it's like like an art show, like I'm putting something on. And when I see the reception, I think the reception is the best thing for me just because, I mean, I also don't look like I run a bar and I drink craft beer, so that's even better. It's always a surprise when people see me and they're like, wow, that you picked all this? And I'm like, yeah, I did, <laughs> actually. What do you have on tap right now that you're really proud of? Oh, uh, Bronx Dance Party, the collab yeah. with the sampler. Shout out to the Yeah, shout out to the Bronx. Uh, we did it for a hardcore show festival that we had on in June. Um, and I'm really proud of that because the band that it was inspired by, I actually love them. And I've yeah. been loving them since I was 15 years old. So when I heard that, you know, my dream was to always put on, put that band at the bar, have them perform there. But they like broke up and got back together. It was just like really messy. What's so the name of the band? Daily's Gone Wrong. Yeah, yeah it's a hard, like it's a hardcore, but yeah, ska punk. They like brought everybody in the Bronx together. Yeah. Whether you were a ska kid in Throgs yeah. Neck or emo kid on Fordham, like you would all watch this band. Hmm. And the fact that we were able to get them to collaborate on a beer, I was like, this is crazy. Uh, 
me. <laughs> and the fact that Barrier like yeah supported us and putting this collab together. So, was cool. awesome. so we'll talk about that. So Joel, you, you've been a big part of, of stirring the pot on this. Last year, you guys did El Prez collaboration. You came in in the winter. Mm-hmm. One of our top shows was the Dead Prez show. You brought Chris was here, mm-hmm. uh, Bronx Beer Hall, a number of guys. So tell us about that that collaboration. Barrier working with with a band. Um, yeah, I mean it's been an incredible year. Um, my whole mission statement was to always support independent craft beer, and then through that find some leverage to kind of start collaborations. Interboro was the first one with all of us that are here and Bar 180 and 177 Beer Wax Bronx uh, Beer Hall and the Sampler. Um, and then it was you know we wanted to do another one because Jesse saw the reception was so amazing, so we. We spun that and did a dark lager because on the Caribbean you have pilsners, light lagers, and amber lagers, really. So we did those two. And then. Dead we Prez, were, that was my favorite yeah, beer last winter. Thank you. It was really great. And then uh, we got a great opportunity. Partly to, because of the style, right? Yeah. Yeah, Vienna Vienna's lager for winter. Yeah. Uh, and then we got an uh, opportunity to become the official bar partners of Monica Art Fair, which is the biggest contemporary art fair in New York. Huge artists were there. And I hit up Jesse and I was like, what do you have conditioning right now? We could, I got an artist called Skewville that could do the label art. And he's like, well, we make premiere all year. Would you like to do that? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So Uptown Beer Society, the sampler and moniker Art Fair and Skewville was the artist that did it because we were the official bar partners. And then uh, we got the barrier one done shortly after in June through a huge show in the Bronx at the Point CDC. Awesome. <laughs> Point 12 bands. Yeah. We gave all great. free vendor tables to local uh, brands and um, even movements. They had all tables. They made we some money. We ran out of beer. We kicked beer. It was beer. tragic. Oh, yeah. wow. We sold the show four wasn't packs. Even over. We had a liquor license, <laughs> yeah. temporary liquor license. I was like, sorry, no more beer. People were it like, was, what? It was great. And then... Uh, but tell me what... So, what what was what role did the band play in that barrier beer? Tell well, me about this barrier beer that well the, the, the Bronx Dance Party, yeah, right? Bronx yeah. Dance That's what Party, I want to hear about. Yeah. Bronx Dance Party is a song that they wrote called Bronx Dance Party. It's like and a ballad. It's like a hardcore ballad. Yeah, it's like <laughs> ska, reggae, hardcore, yeah. emo. It's all these elements that was what makes the Bronx beautiful. The Bronx is known for hip hop. We all lived hip hop, but we all kind of didn't all listen to hip hop. We we kind of more uh, were were into like punk and metal and hardcore and stuff like that. So there was a thing called Bronx Underground, which did had three different venues in the Bronx, one and two in Throgsneck at First Lutheran Church, one on the water ambits and the point. And they would throw shows every month. Yeah. So this was something that kept us going. Like as a as a small, you know, punk community, we skated kind of and then we went to shows and this kind of kept us like off the street and into trouble. So that kind of faded over the years and hip hop kind of elevated and like trap music and all this stuff was what the kids were listening to. So we wanted to bring that back through this collaboration. So we chose everybody that is Bronx based or Bronx influenced that still like does punk shit. So like Bronx Beer Hole, Brewski's Bar and Grills in the Heart of Throg's Neck, where all this started. And then Uptown Beer Society and the Sampler. Um, and we did a dry hop coach with Tetnang and Falconer's Flight. And we released it at the point. And the brewery sold out. And we sold out. And the bar sold out. And, and a, few other places <laughs> took, a few other places took it. as of yesterday. I saw it on Beer Shop so in Upper West. it's a Kolsch style. Yeah. Yeah. It's called... What is Bronx, it? Bronx Dance Party, Dance Party. with Bronx the band Dance Dallas Party. Gone Wrong and all the bars that I mentioned. Just wanted to make something Made drinkable. by Barrier. Yeah, yeah, by Barrier Brew. We all went up there. And you and went to, you helped make it there. Yeah. And uh, we just brewed El Prez again. It should be done by early August. And <laughs> we just locked the collab with Highway Manor in Pennsylvania. 
Um, hopefully, all you guys are down. Uh, you you guys it. are all invited for the Calabo. Well, I, I love, I love the spirit of what you guys are doing. I'm going to change the subject for a second. So the Bronx, the rise of the Bronx. Now, I'm, I'm bringing politics. I know that um, AOC... Her district includes the Bronx, doesn't it? It's Bronx it does. and it Queens. Gets, it actually gets cut off right where the beer hall is. Yeah, wow. but yeah. still. Yeah. And the 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 next year is going to be the mayor election in New York City. I know that there's a. I think it's your your borough president is a strong candidate for mayor. Tell me about the Bronx. Like, what's the rise of the Bronx? Is is Bronx really? going to become a, a, a player in New York City politics and culture? I mean, I mean we, it's been. Yeah, I mean, the Bronx has, is the epicenter of everything cool. It's like the only borough connected to the United States of America. Everything is an uh, island. You know, it's, it's one true. of the only counties. <laughs> it's just, you have to know. And people that don't know, they mm-hmm. want to they like to shit on the Bronx because they like the Bronx. Because like, Bro- they Brooklyn, don't you know. It's like, like, it's like coming to Brooklyn today, I was like, <laughs> Brooklyn was like that 25 far. years ago. This yeah, is really, like, I don't live in the middle of the Bronx. We I was always... Like, like, <laughs> ask her. We always had to, like, travel for clothing, yeah, skate everything, products, everything. music, all this stuff. Like, and no one would want to come. But, like, we have the original, you know, Little Italy where her bar is at. You know, we have the Bronx Zoo, the Botanical Gardens, Yankee Stadium, the team with the most rings of all time. We have Riverdale, which Van is Cortland Hasidic Park. Jew. Van Cortland, the oh first golf God, course yeah. in the United States of America. Like, we have all these beautiful gems. We have, if Chris, you look I at the like patches, out, man. if you look at the patches of grass on the map, we we're have super so green. many, yeah. like, green, like, it's just, you know. City Island, oh. City Island, which oh is cr- a nautical seafood, yeah. like. The Thrag's Neck, which is Italian and Irish, and they have yachts in their backyards they do. on the Morris water. Morris Park, like, and you get off the train Morris and you walk. Morris Park, Ronnie the- from Jersey Shore, yeah. <laughs> fucking Al Pacino. There's so many people from the Bronx, like that people don't know. Tracy Morgan. Uh, there's neurosologists. There's all type of people from Rashida the Bronx. Rashida Jones is born in people the Bronx. People just leave. That's the fucked up part. People just go and don't come back and build within their borough. And I want to see more people coming back and like focusing on education and community building I, I see a lack in that it's like they make it and then they use the name and then even Cardi B and French Montana like what are they doing for the borough you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying they're using it for marketing but what are they doing to contribute you know I'll tell you back in 19, 1992 it was my first beer buyer job I worked at a place in Union Square in Manhattan and we wanted to put on a line of Brooklyn lager hmm. and at the time in Manhattan the owner said we don't, we don't want to put anything on that says Brooklyn so see how far Brooklyn's come. So it's probably the same with Bronx, right? Where Bronx is really yeah. a lot more is happening than people realize. And you guys yeah, are doing a sure. great job promoting. Let's talk about this beer for one second, Chris. Um, you popped this. So this is what the what beer is this? This is a KCBC and Roberta's collaboration, wow. Pizzagate Two Margarita's Revenge. <laughs> I so love rice that lager. so much. <laughs> let me let me have a little more of this. When you were talking about your barrier collab, the the Kolsch. Maybe want to drink a Kolsch, but I'll drink this rice lager too. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Joel, I want to give a big shout out to you. Um, again, with the, the collaborations you're doing with, with the indie beer bars, your Uptown Beer Society, the El Prez and Dead Prez collaborations, really inspired me. It made me realize that, you know, the Good Brazil was legitimate and a lot of people respected it. So, next week we'll be at, at this event, July 17th, New York City Brewers Choice. Um, but tell us about the, the, the bars that you nominated because. You gave me a, a short list of, of places that are kind of newer. and Yeah, I felt like it's not only about uh, just buying craft beer. It's about also community building. Um, I feel like there's a lot of also people of color bars like Harlem Hops, Beer Wax, Bronx Beer Hall, The Sampler, etc., which are not only focusing on independent craft beer, but also in the community and also elements of hip-hop and like giving their spaces and bringing people into craft beer. That's most important. Like. Yeah. 
oh, it's great to sit around and talk about hops and different beers and breweries in New York. But it's more important what kind of what we focus on, and that is touching every person in the community and making them feel wanted and being inclusive and just bringing them into the craft beer game. And, and I feel like that kind of list, I want to add a little bit to that list, but I feel like that list is strong in that. Creative events, you know, doing fundraising, doing like Bronx Beer Hall alone is like crazy what goes on there at night. Like yeah. just like <laughs> epic, like historical DJs. Like all type salsa bands, like just create things that are so out of the mix of craft beer. And, and you don't even know is. it's there because we don't have an awning, so you really yeah. just have to know about it. So what? What's something cool that? Just oh, happened? um, something cool that's happened. Emo night. Emo Love night. that. Amazing. That's really cool because I mean, I guess I was emo when I was younger, but um, <laughs> it's really cool to see that 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 group of people is still they're still alive and they still want to enjoy hardcore and they still and they want to enjoy it in my in our space where we only offer craft beer. And it's crazy because people walk in there and they wouldn't they wouldn't expect that we serve that. But then you have these kids who are like, you know, 21, 22, who, you know, don't drink beer and they walk in there. And I mean, it's been crazy successful. I mean, every single emo night we've had has been a packed house. At least 300, 400 people in there. It's been insane. Um, but also seeing Pete Rock, that was awesome because I saw him back. I saw him a few years ago um, at the Blue Note. And then when I saw him, I actually saw Chris there. I ran into him. We were at capacity. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, man, what's up? It was, it was, it was crazy. Um, and it was amazing to see somebody like that perform at Beer Hall and be around craft beer and be around people that love hip hop and people of color and just everyone. It was, it was awesome. It was yeah, great. What, 400 people? Yeah, at 400 the people. Beer I, had to, was... I had to sneak people. <laughs> and they don't have spirits. So we, you have yeah, to drink, so you have craft to drink beer. beer. Or wine. Yeah. And yeah. it's usually all these people are yeah. having their first beer experience right there. Hands yeah. And that, that, I mean, that was truly amazing. Like I stood in the center of that, like, cause we turned the back into like a, into like a concert hall. I stood in the middle and I was like, this is awesome. Like this, this is so down. Like cool. if you guys haven't been, like you, you walk in there and it smells like meat, but it smells like <laughs> beer. You don't know what's <laughs> happening, but then just follow the hip hop and you'll yeah. eventually you'll be led to a good place. And then on that note, large professor, uh, just an amazing legend uh, will be spinning on Friday at Beer Wax. Uh, so to have these folks that are just legends in hip hop uh, in a very intimate setting, a little more intimate because we're smaller, but, um, but you can just walk right by the DJ and, and walk by the person who essentially discovered Nas, which is really amazing. Yeah. It's really cool. Tell us, tell us more about the programming you're doing at Beer Wax. I know the other night you had uh, the beer trekker, yeah. Miguel, Miguel Rivas, Rivas yeah, was guest, there, bartender. guest bartending. Um, and he brought in, um, what was this, a Spanish brewery? Yes. Was it from Barcelona? Yeah, from Barcelona. Uh, they they shared their beers. Uh, they actually had a, a beer. They really focus uh, gross on their the label art, and they had one particular label that you could only really see the image if you spin it on a seventy eight RPM record player. What? So they asked me, "Do you have a record player that spins in seventy eight rotations per minute?" I'm like. At first, I said, no, but I, wait, no, actually, I do, because we have an antique one that my uncle sent up from Florida, and it, it actually is one of these crank ones that you oh. crank up, to, and it's like from the 1920s. So we put the beer, the can, on there. It was on our stories. It's I not, saw it. I think I saw it. I was like, what are they doing down in Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> but um, you'll see the image come to life once it spins in 78 rotations per minute, which is pretty amazing. But yes, yeah, so it's great to have you know things like Miguel come in and, and guest bartend. The one thing that I'm really proud about is, I don't know, you know I'm, I'm not sure how many other bars are able to do this, but we've been able to really host a lot of fundraisers for, for nonprofits. Um, we've had about 10 over the past year. 
and uh, for alone for for Puerto Rico. And obviously, we all know that that after Maria, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, and we have one coming up uh, next week, which is on What's Tuesday. Your date? Uh, Tuesday, this July sixteenth. Exactly. Um, so you know, so as much beer, as we at can, Beer Wax, there's a Puerto Rico fundraiser. There's a fundraiser coming up, and it's for um, particularly for uh, an organization that works with uh, children with varied abilities um, uh, to try to raise money for for young people that that are quote unquote labeled as disabled. Um, but she, the organizer, likes to call the, uh, these young people as uh, with varied abilities. So uh, we do our best to try to to you know host a lot of events. Um, not just music related, not just craft beer related, but for anyone that wants to have a home to raise money. Cheers, man! You guys are doing, you're all doing the yeah, right man. thing, and you're right, Joel. It's about Step it it's up, about breweries in your own community. There's no cookie cutter beer I'm bar. I'm saying, or, like, we do know. a lot, and you know, I see these breweries using culture and not really giving back. So Ooh. I want to see more of that. <laughs> Shots, Ben. Back, back to Chris. So, Chris, again, the whole DJ. I want to hear about your day to day. You were telling me before about. The work you have to do just to keep up, you know, your your turntables. Yeah. Like, like a day in the life of yeah. Chris. A day in the life. Uh, opening up the coffin and taking the turntables out every <laughs> single day. We don't have a, an actual DJ booth. So it's a lot of work that goes into programming DJs every single day. We have from Monday through Wednesday what we call Beer Wax Radio. So you can stream and listen remotely to uh, whoever's spinning, usually between 6 and 8 or 7 and 9. But we'd rather have those people come in and, and have a beer and hang out and, and witness the DJ live. But it's great that people from Japan, people from Germany are able to, to stream uh, what's happening uh, at Beer Wax uh, pr- pretty much and almost the, every and day. And where is that through? Just Beer Wax? It's actually through Periscope. 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 Uh, it's an app uh, on you know, your mobile device. And then you just search for Beer Wax Live. And then you can just follow us. And then anytime a DJ is spinning, it'll send you a notification. And then you can watch them. Oh, that's cute. Uh, so that's you know that's one thing. It's you know, there's a lot. I don't even know where to start. How many turntables do you have? We have about six, um, because there's always one that's broken. So we have <laughs> one now in the shop. Shout out to DJ Fix in Williamsburg. Um, Great there's name. always one that's that's broken. But the fact that our turntable is getting used so much, it's just bound to happen that at least like once. Every couple of months, we have a turntable that has to get repaired or a mixer that I brought in today, a mixer to get repaired. Um, but it's, it's been an amazing thing to see people, as Joel mentioned, that are not necessarily craft beer fans come to see Large Professor or come to see Easy Moby. And, and like, you know, we'll ask them, a bartender will ask them, well, what kind of beers do you like? And they'll mention, oh, we like light beers. We always have a Pilsner on. We always have some kind of lager on. So um, of really trying to, to match what someone that's not a craft beer fan uh, match their palate, um, and hopefully, maybe eventually try to you know have them. There are a lot of sours that we have that are sours that are on the juicier end that sometimes people get surprised about. Yeah. So that's always you the fun know. Part. Twenty years yeah. ago, my my bar it was skateboarders from the Lower East Side hung out there, and they were drinking Jack Daniels and Stella, and the same kind of thing. We st- we started getting in Bel- mm-hmm. Belgian craft pills yep. and, and turn them onto. But we're gonna take one short break, give a little message, and we'll be back in a minute Perfect. on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. This episode is brought to you by Visit Ithaca. Located in New York's Finger Lakes region, Ithaca boasts an authentic craft beverage experience, tasty farm-to-table culinary adventures, and scenic outdoor recreation. As the saying goes, Ithaca is gorgeous. The city is home to 150 waterfalls and gorges sprinkled through its downtown and sloping hillsides. 
State parks and acres of natural lands offer outdoor recreation for every level of enthusiast. Come stroll among the cool ravines, scenic hiking trails, and natural vistas. Ithaca is home to Ivy League Cornell University and Ithaca College, resulting in an influx of new cultures, new tastes, and new energy every year. There's so much to explore, from art galleries and museums to unique attractions like the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. Ithaca sits at the heart of a blossoming heritage and craft cider industry. Some of these delicious ciders can be bought in market, but many of the most unique varieties can only be experienced with a visit to Ithaca and this great cider region. Go to visitithaca.com to get inspired and plan your trip today. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, guys, one one of the benefits of being an independent craft beer bar, a good beer seal bars, is that we get a lot of special hey. treatment. You know, a lot of a lot of breweries want to uh, launch beers with us or, you know, have us preview something that you don't you typically get in a, a larger establishment. And we just got um, a special uh, preview beer in the mail from Sierra Nevada. And Chris, Chris has the info. What's the beer, man? It looks really good. You know, this is, uh, looks great. This is actually from the uh, North Carolina brewery, Sierra Nevada. So this is uh, their Oktoberfest. This is 2019. Um, so we're going to crack it. Well, we cracked it open. So let's see uh, what it tastes yeah, like. Yeah, we got, we got a mug. If We're going to do a giveaway. <laughs> if, you, if you can go to Instagram, it's at beer underscore sessions, beer sessions radio. Um, if you can... What's a good question for someone if they want to win a, a glass, a Sierra Nevada glass? Andreina. Oh, Andreina, man. Andreina, what would you ask? <laughs> um, what was the first Sierra Nevada beer released? That's good a, one. That's a All good right. One. Yeah. So whoever whoever sends the that on Instagram, ever? I don't know, but someone knows. <laughs> You know, Google. you're going to win this glass. <laughs> Google. That's a good question. <laughs> All right. So cheers, guys. So cheers. to the Oktoberfest. Thanks for pouring there. Sweet. Andreina. Yeah. Um, you were saying you're interested. You like. What happens when you convert someone into craft beer? Yeah, so it's always fun when someone walks into the bar and they're like, let me get a Corona. And I'm like, man, I don't have that. Mm-hmm. Close to what Chris was talking about earlier yeah. about like trying to find something. So I always keep a lager on. I always keep a Pilsner, an IPA. You know, I keep it real broad. Mm-hmm. Um, but then those people start coming in and then they're like, I want a juicy IPA. It has to look hazy. If I don't like the way it looks, I'm not going to drink it. <laughs> but that's, it's awesome because I, so I have this, shout out to Mitch. I have this regular who, he's an older Puerto Rican man. He can care less about anything, but he has to have his grim. Wow. Like if I don't have it, he's like, oh, well, I mean, what's, what's the best next to that? And this guy used to walk in and he didn't. I mean, this guy's a booze guy. Like yeah. he doesn't drink beer. Mm-hmm. And so through the years, I have unknowingly converted him into a snob. <laughs> but I love it because he comes every single day and he checks out everything that I have. And no matter what, like he is like the reg- the most loyal regular in the world. Wow. But, I, but I mean, that was only possible because I was able to introduce him to beer that he's never had, but that he loves. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's been the most rewarding part of everything. Yeah, man, that's amazing. I have a story, too. So uh, Uptown Beer Society was a group that was formed uptown to bring awareness to Harlem, Washington Heights, Edward in the Bronx. And we host a lot of bottle shares. So every year we host a bottle share on City Island where we give, each person gives $40 to a fisherman's boat and they drive out and they give us the whole middle and we get to crack shit and have a good old time. So shout outs to Ty Jamar. Ty Jamar is one of my boys. Um, 
he came, he brought a six pack of Blue Moon and a six pack of Angry Orchard. I to thought this, this was fake. Shit. I didn't know this was real. No, this was is like, a real I was, story. I was, I, was, I was like, you're lying. And right? like, I'm like, bro, thank you, but I'm like, I tied the bag and like brought that shit under the table because everyone has crowlers and these big format aged bottles. But, you know, long story short, a year later, he's Cicerone certified. He's working at Randolph wow. and Five Burrows, mm. all through a simple bottle share, all through a simple invite, all through some simple education. So, you know, it's not only about putting people onto craft beer. It's about enthu- creating, getting them enthused and giving back jobs to the community. So that's an important. And, you know, shout outs to Ty for that because he really took it seriously and he's moving up in the game. And he's still real serious about it, which yeah, is pretty man. cool, yeah. And then, Chris, you, you, back to your story. So, way back, what was the first beer you had that really turned you on? Back Semi-Klaus. Semi-Klaus. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, Doppel, but for me, it was the same thing. It was, I was never a beer drinker. I, I liked booze and I liked wine. It was, it was Doppel, German Doppelbox mm-hmm. and Belgian Triples yep. that yep. did it for me. And the other gateway for me when I came back was... Um, oh, Goodness gracious, Blue Points Blueberry. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing you could get on yeah, Art Fab exactly. before Bronx Beer. Oh, yeah, Emperoni. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Michelangelo's. <laughs> so, we're talking way back. This is like 2005. So, um, I just lost my thought. <laughs> well, cheers to you guys. Cheers. It's nice having you guys. So, you know, good, good beer still, whatever it is, it's like Uptown Beer Society. I just love that, that you guys are bringing small beer bars together and, you know, sense of community um tell me more about the projects man i love these beer collaborations that you're doing because they're, they're also really good beer yeah man it's just about uh making approachable beer some we've done spuns like the fifth hammer beer we did in march oh, which was yeah. called biscocho it was a spanish cake ipa delicious. which we all brewed in this room delicious. alongside regular uh girls of color that don't work in the industry which is awesome Wednesday, right? uh, yeah and yeah, yeah. barcera was there she came through the show love taproom 307 roberta which was one of my first mentors in craft beer just everybody people ash from whole foods just a ton of people came through and we made a gua uh uh, oat cream IPA with guava and pineapple. With pineapple and guava. Like it was dry can- hopped, yeah. yeah, with guava and vanilla beans, and it had lactose and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was brewed on Women's International Day and released like a week later. Um, the collaborations are simple. I connect with these breweries, I have these relationships, and then I want to bring all my people with me. That's what it's about. It's about just you know putting the work in, and you know it's a promising. Sale for a brewery anyway. You know, so then clean each of your bars gets a certain amount of you get cans yeah, whatever we or want. kegs. Or- Sometimes, well, this year it's been like four can releases and the rest were draft only. Like our KCBC collab was draft only. The Fifth Hammer was draft only mm-hmm. and the rest were uh, cans. And then uh, the Highway Manor one will be bottles and draft. Mm. So we're trying to like, we're thinking of uh, Caribbean fruit right now to incorporate in this sour. So the Howie Manor is going to be done in Pennsylvania, yeah, obviously. We're going to take a trip there. out there. Yeah, okay. oh, we're going to take gonna a trip sick. out. Mm-hmm. On that, the road. Doesn't he do more sour beers? Yeah, he does only yep. sour, mm-hmm. Saison, mm-hmm. Uh, farmhouse stuff, aged in oak, and all type of spirit barrels. So mm-hmm. Johnny's Chris, crazy. I love Chris, that. you were telling me about uh, a beer that you tried made with lactose. What was that? The orange right. something. Morit Soñando, my other <gasps> yes. half. Boo. <laughs> well, I love Mori Soñando, so yeah, well, I, yeah, haven't tr- I haven't tried of it. Of course you love it. It's my idea. I know this is a, this is the, a touchy the, uh, subject uh, right now, but, uh, but uh, <laughs> the, the idea is that you know, there's a, it's a typical Dominican, Puerto Rican drink. It's orange juice and milk. 
Is, and sometimes some people actually put condensed milk. Yeah, right? yeah. my mom uses carnation milk. Yeah. She makes it the best. So it's sweet, typically. Yeah. So other have tried to reverse engineer this Morizzo Nyando to, to, die, to die dreaming, right, is in, you yeah. know, to translate it. Um, and to reverse engineer it, obviously, you know, IPA with lactose, um, some maybe vanilla, uh, but definitely, you know, getting some of that orange from the hops. And uh, I brought it to uh, seal this beer, because uh, you had to bring to that podcast two beers for them to blind taste test, and um, they loved the 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 aroma. And then when they tasted, it, they said that it tasted like um, like children's vitamins, uh, um, like orange flavor, like Flint Flintstones. And I was like, "Hold, you know, actually, it does." But I also brought it. I wasn't a big fan of the beer because I don't necessarily I don't like IPAs with lactose just generally. Um, but I do think that other half nailed. In terms of reverse engineering that particular beer, exactly what uh, you know, Moris Sonyando was like. Um, but we we can get into the backstory, or maybe we don't have to. But that's a little well, bit. Why, on. why was Joel so so? Oh, uh, because I came up with the concept, and they completely left me out the collaboration. So I have this disease, <laughs> which I talk to people about my concepts, and then they go and do it without me, which is kind of hard. Uh, so are they trying to vaccinate you? I mean. I'm 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 encouraging you. I, you know what I'm don't saying? vaccinate you. I don't you know all. what's going on, but to me, if you're gonna make a Dominican beer or an idea that I came up with, you should involve me and the whole collective to make it stronger and more beautiful and bring awareness to the community. Not just steal culture. Like it's almost like these guys are getting hired at breweries and just passing the culture down to the brewery and not involving the community, which blows my mind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but what? Why? But my other question is. Why do you want to make a beer like that, a lactose beer, that tastes like orange juice and condensed milk? Well, I wanted to make that beer because <laughs> I grew up on that. and that's I understand us. that. Like, I mean, it's delicious. <laughs> My mom used to make it for me all the time. I understand, but why do you want that to be a beer? Like, I like, why, I like the Vienna you know, lagers. Yeah, I mean, I'm I going, mean, I'm going way back there? to basic styles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, me if too, anything, I'm I want to drink kid. lagers, Vienna lagers, yeah. Doppelbox. But it makes sense for other half to make a beer like that. Yeah, like, it does. So because no. yeah, yeah, you know, they're from uptown, so they made a, a, a chopped cheese beer. You know, they made a chopped cheese beer. Yeah, jokes, jokes. <laughs> they did. <laughs> Tell me more about it. I, I haven't tried it. I like a little cold. But I was like, chop oh, cheese. Chop cheese. <laughs> I was like, this well, is a sandwich. What is a chopped cheese for it's a, the uh, so listening audience? Cheese. It's literally Thank a you, chopped Chris. hamburger. A chopped cheese is basically a affordable sandwich that you would get from Harlem Heights to that the Bronx. Too. They would take a frozen beef patty, break it up on the grill, throw American cheese or whatever cheese you want, and let it melt, lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise, ketchup. It's kind of like a Philly cheesesteak of Uptown. Yeah. It's and it was three bucks for a hero of it, so everybody that in the hood could afford good. it. That's amazing. And then when the sampler, the sampler opened, that was the first sandwich that we launched there. Um, kind of giving you know, big ups to you know half of the staff came from the Bronx, so we wanted to embody that. And then a year later, I don't know, somebody made a beer. So they made a beer Chop called Chopped Cheese. Chop I wonder where they got Did that they? idea from. <laughs> well, you know, you you gotta sometimes you're inspiring people, and it's nice when you can give them credit, but. Sometimes, you know, you also know that maybe you did inspire them. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm down for all that. It's just like, involve me in my shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's it. Well, cheers to you guys, man. <laughs> Keep talking. Yeah, so, I'm going to pour some more Dominican. of this. this Dominican. 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 Everybody's quiet. Like, I do not. <laughs> but Don't I, cut my allocations listen, off. Listen, you know what? I, although all that is happening, I love that Dominicans are being represented in the beer Absolutely. industry. I think it's so great because, I mean... 
like when I started working at Beer Hall, I was 22. I was a Dominican girl. I was into beer, and everyone was like, "What? Why are you dedicating so much time to this?" But it's something. It's a craft that I really enjoy. I love it. I love the New York City beer community. Oh my god! It's. I mean, I think about living anywhere else and being in this industry, and it wouldn't be the same. Like the New York City beer industry, I just everyone's just so awesome. We're so cool. What, what I think is, I'm sort of, I'm hoping I didn't cut you off. No, but you I want to just piggyback on that. Yeah, yeah go What's, ahead. It's amazing how big New York City is. But yet I feel like the industry is so small and pretty well connected where you see people at events and there's nothing but yeah. typically a lot of love between folks and a lot of support. Um, so I, I really appreciate that. And there's a lot of folks that I always look forward to seeing that I just are really just beer friends. So I just yeah. wanted to like piggyback Yeah, no, of course. Said. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, I, who wouldn't love walking into a room and just being hugged by everyone because everyone's like, <laughs> exactly. oh my God, I love Yeah, you know, especially for me because I'm all the way in the Bronx. So whenever I make it out here, it's like, oh my God, she came. She's here. Yep. So, I mean, I, I, I love that. And again, just, being you know, Dominican. I don't think that beer guys have to be, craft beer guys have to be big white guys they with don't. beards. They absolutely don't. I'm a bellies, craft beer girl you know? and I'm <laughs> short no, with no, an afro. None of you guys have bellies. So. <laughs> All right, a little bit. But I, I, I think <laughs> the whole thing is you're talking about the Bronx. I'd like to talk about the politics. I feel that New York, if you look at the numbers, New York is, is a Latin X city. Yes. You know, it's, it's people of color, but it's really a Latin city. And I love that because th- this is what, when I was younger, I would go to, you know, Spanish restaurants with, with um, you know, Cafe Con Leche. And Shout out Caridad. This was hey. simple. You know more, but, you know, this was, to me, that was the life of the city. That's yeah. what kept me in New York and saved me were, were the Latin places because there was, there was no other life to me mm. that, yeah. that, that felt real. And I, I think that, like, Italians coming up and everyone else, every, every generation of immigrants coming in, Jews and Italians and there's Latins, um, talk about that because that's really what this is about. It's about the future in New York. You guys are you guys are it, and you're living it. So yeah, I'm ha- I'm happy for. Uh, did you want to say? Something? I just want to jump in yeah, really quick because I just had a thought related to what Joel was saying earlier, and and Jimmy, what you mentioned about the Bronx coming up. My only fear is that the, in the Bronx coming up is that it turns into Brooklyn, uh. and it, it becomes a whole different place that you don't even recognize. Mm. So I and that you mentioned that you appreciate the you know New York City. And it being, you know, Café con Leche. And I just don't want to see that be erased in any kind of new New York that may happen in the Bronx. That's it. (laughs) Same, man. I just feel like it's up to us if we're getting jobs in the beer industry, which is great. A lot of people of color are getting hired. Not to just hand over the culture. Like, bring awareness. Say, hey, maybe we should donate proceeds to Puerto Rico since we're making a Coquito beer with a San Diego brewery that has nothing to do with Puerto Rican culture. Maybe I like we Coquito should, too. So. Exactly. Maybe we should donate to the Dominican community. Maybe we should source fruit from this fruit stand. Maybe we should uh, involve these people. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to sound like... I'm not trying to stir up no hate. I'm full of love. I'm just saying... Let's do more for our community if we're going to use culture and community because we're not seeing the benefits. That's all I got to say. Well, let's, let's bring it all back to the, the, the importance of small independent businesses. Last year, I was, I was at a, a, a rollout of a small business plan. It was to provide legal assistance. It was a good program to provide free legal assistance to small businesses regarding leases. And that was a big step for the city to do that. But, but the, the study I was given presented out of the people in New York City – the number one employer of, of people are the sector called small businesses. Mm. So oh, it's yeah. not Amazon. Yeah. It's, 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 not any big, it's not Google. It's small businesses employ more people than any other industry in New York City. 
And that's what you guys are here doing, and, and that's really the fabric of the city that I find most interesting. It keeps me here. You know, I wanna, when I was sick last year, I walked around my neighborhood. I could go to, to my local uh, pharmacy. I can go to my local cafe. I, I can go to my local, you know, other stores where I know people. And, and there's nothing like having the owner or the manager that, that, that you know. And um, so just cheers to you guys. Yeah. I'm not as articulate <laughs> as I, I want to be, but that's why you guys are here. So yeah. give, sum it up for me. Tell me your favorite local business. It can be a beer bar or something else that people should know about mm. because it means something to you. It could be something when you were a kid, some, something. Uh, Everything from when I was a kid is gone, so. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Gyro King. Well, what's left? Yeah, shout out well, shout out Flu Moon. What's yeah, Full Moon. moon what's left now? Something that. Or it might just be another beer bar. Because I think um, the beer bars are definitely well, carrying the torch of independent businesses. My favorite beer bar in the Bronx is obviously the Bronx Beer Hall. Yeah. <laughs> same, same. But small business in the Bronx that I... Napoli on East Tremont. On East Tremont hey. It's the pizzeria. That entire block has changed, but that pizzeria is insane. And I haven't been there drunk, but soon come. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is ready. I'd say a, a place that I used to go to very late at night as like a teenager to have the most delicious sandwiches called Cherry Valley Ooh. in College Point. Um, and I used to go there not even realizing that now I know the family that owns it, which is actually a Dominican family, which we had no idea hey, hey, way hey. back when. Uh, but they here. make <laughs> an incredible sandwiches, especially at 3 in the morning. It tastes really, really good. <laughs> Shout-outs, New Morris Deli on Matthews Ave and Morris Park, home of the chopped cheese, chicken and peppers. Get a, get asked for... um. Uh, Adibaba sauce, ask for peanut butter jelly sauce. They make the best deli sandwiches with boar's head ingredients in New York City. Where's that? Uh, New Morris Deli on uh, Morris Park Ave and Matthews. Okay. All right. I can take the bus there. All right. Well, cheers to you guys. <laughs> What's my, my contribution is uh, Upstate Alphabet City Beer Co., yeah, like Avenue that. C and 6th Street, East Village. Wow. Owned by Zach Mack. That's that to me. That's a local business, a new local business. Beautiful. So you guys have been great, man. This is really cool. Anything else we want to sum up? Joel, stuff coming up. You got stuff coming collaborations, up. El Prez, parties, early August, everywhere. Uh, Highway Manor, probably October. We're brewing in September. So who's and, who's gonna have El Prez? The, um, the we added new Mayweather bars. Bar. Actually, so I want to hear the list of bars. It'll be out the first week of August. All right, August. it'll be the alumni staff, which is Beer Wax, Bronx Beer Hall, the Sampler, Uptown Beer Society, Bar One Seven Seven, Bar One Eighty. We added Tap Room Three Hundred Seven, Locksmith, and Harlem Hops, yes. which have employed and done stuff for the Dominican community as well. And that's it. <laughs> that's great. Well, that's going to be the beer of the summer, guys. Yeah, great, man. great work, Chris. Anything else? Uh, who's spinning next? Or any the, guest? The, DJ, I mean, the guest next big one I can mention is uh, is Lodge Professor on Friday. Tickets might be sold out at this point, but you can walk in and try to get in. Ten dollars at the door, um, and then tune into Beer Rex Radio. Periscope, Beer Rex Live. We have an art exhibit this Friday too at the Sampler. Iconic two highlighting all graffiti characters. So pull up. Awesome. So we are actually going to be providing beer for the Curry Leeds Tennis Center. It's a tennis court in Cretona Park in the Bronx. Uh, yeah, and we're going to be there all month of July. Venus Williams is going to be there. So, you what? know, put it up. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to be there all July serving beer at the Curry Leeds Center, which is awesome because I've been going yeah. to Cretona Park since I was literally a kid. So it's know, and pretty fucking cool. Just <laughs> I want to shout out to Bronx Beer Hall to... To Paul and Anthony Ramirez. Are they brothers or cousins? They are brothers. They're brothers. Okay. <laughs> so brothers. Th- <laughs> those guys have been part of the Good Beer Seal almost since, since the beginning. Yeah. I really respect them. And anytime I, I mean, 
I don't know that much about the Bronx, but anytime someone asks me about the Bronx, small business, politics, anything, I'm always like, you got to talk to Paul and Anthony yeah. in the Bronx. And they do a great job representing, and, and they've really got their hands in everything. So shout out to you guys, Bronx oh, Beer Hall. Congratulations, shout guys. Out. Chris, one more thing. You yeah, were- just, uh, pie culture. Um, a great friend of mine, Guy, is starting this, uh, this pop-up pizza company. So he's debuting uh, his pizza business at Beer Racks on the 20th of this month. Um, around four o'clock, and his business is called Pie Culture. He's gonna have about maybe sixty pies, individual pies. A- amazing! I've tried them all; they're incredible. So come to Beer Racks on the twentieth, and you're you're really in for a treat. All right, good. Everyone, thanks for joining me, Joel. W- one more thing. Nah, I just was getting close to the mic. I don't know why. <laughs> you <laughs> got something out. to say. We got Joel. Joel, close us out, man. Tell us something. You already know. Follow Beer Wax, the Bronx Beer Hall, the Sampler BK, Uptown Beer Society on Instagram. Also, Beer Sessions Radio, the Good Beer Seal is back. Check out all your local independent craft beer bars for the seal. Shout Yay. out. Shout out Dominican. Right. Dominican. Yeah. Dominican. Yeah. Dominican. Thanks, Andreina, Joel, <laughs> and, and Chris. Thanks for joining me oh, here on the Heritage pleasure. Radio Network. Big shout out to our producer, Justin Kennedy, engineer, Matt Patterson. I'm Jimmy Carboni. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Yeah. Woo. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.